Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast from NBC Sports Edge. This is our MLB Power Ranking show where we will break down my weekly power rankings column that goes up on NBC Sports Edge every Tuesday. Uh, We're recording this on Monday night, April 4th, just a few days out from the delayed start to the 2022 baseball season. I'm Drew Silva. Joining me here and every week moving forward throughout the regular season is my co-host on this show, Janice Scurrio. Welcome in, Janice. It's it was a long winter. It was kind of a tense spring, but glad to have you back in the fold, back doing these shows together. You all geared up for some actual meaningful, real baseball. Absolutely, always ready for meaningful baseball, Drew. It was a long winter and even a longer spring habit, but the weather's just warming up here in Chicago, so I'm definitely ready for some nice temperate baseball played under the uh, some nice sunny midwestern skies (laughs) (laughs) i know you chicagoans always look forward to the change in weather that city becomes a different place in the summer it's beautiful it does before we get into this the the 2000 this is a promo road promo read for uh our listeners the 2022 nbc sports edge fantasy baseball draft guide is available now and we're giving our listeners a special offer Get 22% off our draft guide and an annual Edge Plus subscription when you use promo code BASES22. We get you ready for your fantasy draft. If you still have those uh, with expert insight and tools at one low price, go to NBCSportsEdge.com slash Edge Plus. Use promo code BASES22 at checkout to save big this season. All right, we'll jump into these power rankings. If you're familiar with the show from last year, we usually do a deep dive on all the teams in the top five and then discuss the three biggest risers and three biggest fallers from the previous week to the current week. But here before opening day, we'll go through all 30 clubs. Um, So a lot to cover. Uh, Let's jump right in. All right. So uh, it looks like we're working backwards. We're, we're, we're working from number 30 going up to number one. Yeah. So uh, we'll go ahead and start off with the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, so their 2021 20, record was 52 and 110 mm-hmm. for 2022. It looks like their uh, over under win total is 61.5. So a little bit of an improvement there. Yeah. I mean, I should say at the top that those win totals come from points bet, which is a partner of ours at NBC sports and they can differ from book to book, but uh, it's a good reference reference point as we steer towards the opener, what the betting markets are thinking about these teams 
DJ Short and I just did an hour-plus show for this podcast, breaking down all of the 2022 win totals and some player props, too, with Von Dalzell of, of NBC Sports Edge. He's one of our betting gurus. So check that out in our feed if you're interested in the betting side of things. That's a very low over-under total for the O's at 61.5, but an improvement over their 52 wins last year. There's some excitement on the way. Adley Rutschman is a big-time catching prospect. Grayson Rodriguez is a big-time pitching prospect. Uh, but Rutschman suffered a strained triceps muscle in the early part of Orioles camp and is still working through that. Rodriguez has yet to pitch in a game above AA and is going to open the season at AAA Norfolk. They'll both be up sometime this summer. I think that's a certainty. Rutschman first and then Rodriguez maybe in the second half. Uh, right now, the roster in Baltimore, though, is is bleak, to say the least. Cole Solcer and Tanner Scott, were, a couple of relievers, were both traded to the Marlins on Sunday. So already shedding parts from a depth chart that is severely lacking in legitimate Major League talent at this moment. At number 29, the Pittsburgh Pirates, their 2021 record is 61 and 101. So uh, for 2022, it looks like their over-under win total is at 64.5. It's a shame the MLBPA didn't find a way to somehow root out service time manipulation as part of the new CBA. There's like little clarity on a timeline for the arrival of top shortstop prospect O'Neill Cruz. Um, in fact, I think the new rules like the pre-arbitration bonus pool, the rookie of the year, extra bump might even further encourage like se severely tanking teams to keep their young stars in the minor leagues for a longer period than before. O'Neill Cruz lit it up in the Grapefruit League this spring. Um, if he was on a team looking to contend, I think he would be on the opening day roster, but off he goes to AAA Indianapolis. The Pirates enter the year with a starting rotation where only one guy, Jose Quintana, has 200-plus innings for his career. For his career, 200-plus innings. Mitch Keller's at 170 and a third career innings. Bryce Wilson, 116. JT Brubaker, 171. Zach Thompson, 75. Uh, Will Crow, another rotation option for them, is at 125 career innings. Dylan Peters, 159 and a third. Um, so not much experience among that starting staff. Not much talent, really, either. Maybe Mitch Keller takes a step forward. But Brian Reynolds could get traded well before the August 2nd trade deadline. Um, I'm kind of surprised he wasn't traded this spring. There were a lot of offers out there. Uh, so it's sort of a yikes situation in Pittsburgh. Big yikes. Speaking of yikes, at number 28, uh, mm -hmm. we have a club that has been hemorrhaging quite a lot of their superstars in the Oakland Athletics. Uh, their 2021 record is at 86-76. Uh, for 2022, their over-under win total is at 69 and a half. This is a mess, uh, and you got to feel sorry for A's fans. I, I forget who I'm stealing this note from, maybe John Heyman of MLB Network, but the A's payroll right now at $33 million is the same as it was in 1991. Um, and just a reminder, it's 2022. Doesn't even <laughs> account for inflation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess, I guess in Oakland, they don't. Uh, Matt Olson, Matt Chapman, Chris Bassett, Sean Manaya all out the door. Frankie Montas probably going to get moved soon as well. Starling Marte, Mark Canna, Andrew Chafin, Josh Harrison, Jake Diekman, gone from the 2021 end-of-year roster also. We're used to the A's exceeding expectations because they usually have a ton of underrated talent, but now that underrated talent is elsewhere and maybe ready to be properly rated by their new teams and fan bases. 
uh, it's it's sad, and it, it probably is going to get worse too throughout the summer, especially once Montas goes. At number 27, the Washington Nationals. Uh, in case you've forgotten, their 2021 record is at six, was at 65 and 97. Uh, for 2022, we're looking at that over/under win total at 69.5. I said I feel bad for A's fans, but I also feel bad for Juan Soto. Um, and, and granted, he's probably going to be baseball's first $500 million player at, at some point here soon. So hard to feel too bad for the guy. Uh, but the sporting cast for Soto right now in Washington is not good. They did get Nelson Cruz, kind of odd, uh, kind of an odd fit. Josh Bell is a decent hitter. KB Ruiz may be a breakout guy, but the lineup depth is really lacking, and there is almost no pitching depth to speak of. Steven Strasburg, we don't, we don't know when he's going to debut this season, probably not until May, possibly even June. Uh, their ace opening day starter, Patrick Corbin, had a 5.82 ERA in 31 starts last year. That's that's all you really need to know. At number 26, I'm not sure if this is much of an improvement here, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Their 2021 record was 52-110, 2022 over. Under win total, 66.5. I said this on the betting cast or the betting podcast with DJ and Vaughn that I kind of think the Diamondbacks at over 66 and a half wins looks intriguing. Like the roster is pretty bad, but it's not quite as bad as what last year's results would say. Like you look at the failings on the road, that was an anomaly, uh, a record 24 straight away game losses that ran from May 16th all the way to June 26th. That's probably not going to happen again. Uh, a healthier Zach Gallen, hopefully that would go a long way. A healthier Cattell Marte uh, was just locked up to a long-term contract extension. Dalton Varsho is an exciting fantasy and real-life player. Seth Beer could be an emerging guy. I like Seth Beer as a long-shot NL Rookie of the Year play, actually. Uh, he mashed in the minors in the Astros system and in the Diamondback system and should be something close to an everyday player out of the gate in Arizona, getting starts between first base and DH. Again, the, the Diamondbacks are not good, but I, there are worse situations out there, and we, we just named four of them at least. Wonderful. I just picked up Seth Beer in, in a very late round in my last draft. So I love, I love it. He's kind of a forgotten guy, but he's he, he was a big-time prospect at one point. Fantastic. And number 25, an organization that has done uh, some very questionable things in the past couple of seasons, the Colorado Rockies. Uh, so they just uh, picked up Chris Bryant. Uh, the 2021 record, 74-87. 2022, the over-under win total is at 68.5. Yeah, I was confused. I think the entire baseball world was confused when the Rockies signed Bryant for seven years, $182 million last month. Like there, there are so many other holes on the roster. And if they're going to spend big, was that the way to do it? Bryant should do very well there. Like certainly gets a bump in fantasy with the whole course field effect thing. But if the Rockies had $182 million to spend this off season and over the course of the next seven years, they, they could have spent it better, like across a, a range of different upgrades. I mean, last winter, they kind of just gave, Nolan Arenado away to the Cardinals, and then they failed to retain John Gray or Trevor Story this winter, even though they held on to them through the trade deadline last year with an idea of being able to bring them back. It's a very confusing club. I, I think they'll hit, but we know that the pitching, the, the rotation's not maybe as bad as it would be in any other home stadium, but uh, given the conditions in Colorado, uh, I think it's going to be another rough year for, for the Rockies. 
At number 24, the Cincinnati Reds. 2021 record was 83-79. Winning record, hey. 2022 over under win total, 72.5. Nick Castellanos, gone via free agency. Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez, Sonny Gray, Amir Garrett, all traded. Wade Miley lost via waivers because the Reds didn't want to pay his $10 million option for 2022. I'm probably missing some other moves. They might have dealt Luis Castillo this spring if he was at full health. Uh, so the team's getting worse, and it, it doesn't seem like the fire sale is over just yet. Uh, I do like the young pitching staff. Tyler Malley, Reaver San, Mar San Martin, Hunter Green made the opening day roster. Vladimir Gutierrez had some stretches last year. Nick Lodolo is an interesting prospect. And then whenever Castillo returns, um, so intriguing starting pitching upside for the fans there in Cincinnati to look forward to as everything else kind of comes apart. At number 23, uh, so this club made some pretty big-name acquisitions over the offseason, the Chicago Cubs. Their 2021 record, 71-91. In 2022, that over-under win total uh, is projected to be at 75-and-a-half. Another confusing team in sort of the middle of a rebuild or perhaps even just the start of a rebuild, Wilson Contreras is the only position player left from the 2016 World Series team, and he could be moved at some point this summer. Uh, but the Cubs, yeah, did sign Marcus Stroman, and their biggest score was Seiya Suzuki, who put up monstrous numbers in Japan, a five-year, $85 million deal for Suzuki. I'm very interested to see how his Japanese league production will translate. It's kind of hard to tell. Uh, with some of these guys. Frank Schwindel was a force down the stretch last year, but we'll see how for real he is. Nick Madrigal, who you know well, Janice, uh, back to full health. Yeah, he hit a home run in a Cactus League game today. I think it was like his third professional home run. Um, <laughs> so if he can add, <laughs> yeah, hopefully he can add some kind of power to his profile. He's got a 317 career batting average. Um, so I don't know. He's an interesting player. A lot of areas of need for the Cubs, but a few exciting elements. Mm -hmm. He's a contact hitter, but definitely has the ability to hit for power as he's showcased before. Yeah. Uh, at number 22, the Miami Marlins, their 2021 record was at 6795 in 2022. That over under win total is at 76.5. They definitely have the pitching. Sandy Alcantara, very close to a top 10 fantasy starter this spring in drafts. Pablo Lopez, Trevor Rogers might have been the 2021 NL Rookie of the Year had he not missed time with personal family trauma. Uh, Jesus Lazardo has shown encouraging stuff in the Grapefruit League. Can he be like a post-hype breakout? I just got him late in the draft. But the offense is really still underwhelming in my eyes. Jorge Soler and Avasel Garcia were decent pickups, but can't really see that pushing this group into contention. Uh, maybe a big year for Jazz Chisholm Jr. if he could find more overall consistency. Jesus Sanchez, too, has some talent. Uh, they have young position players that are intriguing, but they need multiple of them to emerge this year, and I'm, I'm a little skeptical about that happening. Number 21, the Kansas City Royals. In 2021, their record was 74 and 88. In 2022, that over under win total is 75.5. I like the lineup uh, as a fantasy guy, especially. Bobby Witt Jr. has arrived. He'll be, he'll be on the opening day roster. Hopefully, Adalberto Mondesi can stay healthy. Witt Merrifield, uh, Salvador Perez coming off a historic power season yeah. for a catcher. Andrew Benintendi can be solid. It's dynamic, the offense, uh, but then you look at the pitching. 
a rotation carried by a 38-year-old Zach Granke, whose strikeout rate has plummeted. They have a lot of young arms, but I don't know how many of them, if any, could be projected to break out in 2022. So because of the pitching as currently constructed, this, I think, probably goes poorly, and they maybe maybe finally trade with with Merrifield and that whole thing comes to an end. I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's pushing into his mid-30s at this point. At number 20, the Texas Rangers. In 2021, they pulled a 60-102 and 102 record. 2022, that over under a win total 74 and a half. Now, uh, they definitely shocked a lot of baseball fans by spending a lot of money right out of the gate with some major free agent acquisitions. Yeah, much love to the Rangers for shelling out some cash pre-lockout even uh, when most other teams down in this area of my rankings decided to do the opposite. Uh, Corey Seager at 10 years, 325 million. Marcus Simeon for seven years, 175 million. John Gray, four years, 56 million. Then some more under the radar moves like Mitch Garver, a power hitting catcher. Brad Miller, a, a power hitting utility option. Cole Calhoun for the outfield. Uh, some nice prospects coming too. Jack Leiter, Josh Young. Young could have been on the opening day roster if he didn't injure his shoulder before camp. Uh, this team is at least a, a year or two away, though, and probably another winter of spending uh, before we can call them anything close to a contender. Right. At number 19, the Cleveland Guardians. Their 2021 record, 80 and 82. 2022, that over-under win total, 76.5. The pitching staff is is well-built. Uh, a healthier Shane Bieber this year, hopefully. Zach Plesek, Aaron Savali. Cal Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie, a dominant young closer in Emmanuel Class A. And for now, Jose Ramirez is still anchoring that lineup. Uh, but the Guardians will slide fast if or when they trade Jose Ramirez. And Framo Reyes could, could be moved too uh, with NL teams now being able to field a DH. I could see him being an attractive trade deadline piece. I have Cleveland in my top 20 for now, but would expect them to finish lower than that when all is said and done, because there's definitely going to be more subtracting than adding over the course of the year. I think we can say that with a, a lot of certainty. They're kind of in a battle for lowest payroll, which is thrilling. Right. At number 18, uh, so the Detroit Tigers, uh, they just traded for Austin Meadows. Pretty yeah, exciting I saw that. for them. A 2021 record, 77 and 85. 2022 over our, under win total is 77 and a half. I thought that win total might shoot up near 80 once the Tigers announced that Spencer Torkelson had made the opening day roster. Now maybe it does because of the Austin Meadows move, which happened like 10 minutes before we hit record on this. Yes. Um, but we were also waiting for a decision on another one of their top prospects, Riley Green and a fractured right foot that Green suffered in, in a Grapefruit League game last Friday obviously killed his chances of making the roster. He'll be sidelined multiple months. That's probably what kind of prompted the Meadows move. Uh, but there's still a lot to like with Detroit. It's it's a team moving in the right direction offensively and with the pitching staff. Javier Baez on board for six years, $140 million. Akil Badu was a breakout guy last year as a Rule 5 pick. Grossman, Candelario, now Meadows. Uh, Miguel Cabrera is on milestone watch. That'll be cool. Uh, love the Eduardo Rodriguez addition to a young rotation. Casey Mize and Tarek Skubal have both looked good this spring. Matt Manning um, has a lot of talent. So again, moving in the right direction. And now with Meadows aboard, it wouldn't shock me if they hover around 500, make another addition and 
you know, possibly sneak into the, the wild card mix, which has expanded uh, another team in both leagues. Number 17, the Minnesota Twins, their 2021 record 73 and 89. That 2022 over under a win total is at 81.5. At the start of the offseason, I, I would have guessed that the Twins might blow it all up and like lean into a rebuild, but glad to see them take a different route. Byron Buxton was signed to a pre-lockout extension. He's looking healthy and I'll say MVP-esque this spring. I love Buxton as a longer shot AL MVP prop. Carlos Correa was brought in for basically a, a series of one-year $35.1 million deals that can potentially run through 2024, an interesting contract there. Uh, Gary Sanchez picked up away from the Yankees, maybe a change of scenery helps him with his consistency and, and slumping issues. Gio Urshela picked up from New York too. Sonny Gray from the Reds to aid the rotation. Joe Ryan is a breakout kind of guy, just named the opening day starter for Minnesota at age 25. The rotation lacks depth though, and you know that could prove to be a growing problem. Maybe they can make a play for Frankie Montas. There have been rumors about that. I'd feel better about the Twins if they added another starting pitcher and a whole lot better if, if Buxton can play 150 plus games, which, you know, we haven't really seen. Mm -hmm. They just added Chris Archer. Uh, so definitely mm -hmm. eh, yeah. <laughs> and pick up for them, but yeah, it is the twins. So <laughs> I, I like Chris Archer as a person, but I, I, I think his best years are well behind him. Maybe oh. not, but probably. <laughs> At number 16, we have the Los Angeles Angels. Their 2021 record is 77.85, 2022 over under a win total, 84 and a half. Health is such a huge factor here with the Angels. Mike Trout appeared in only 36 games last year. Anthony Rendon, just 58. Can they keep pushing Shohei Otani like they did with the, the two-way activity? Uh, Noah Syndergaard, can he be counted on for a, a sizable workload? Do we see Jared Walsh build on what he did last season? Can Joe Adele and Brandon Marsh become legitimate offensive threats? Patrick Sandoval and Reed Detmers, are they you know, present and future rotation stalwarts? So many different possible outcomes for the Angels in 2022. I could see them finishing top 10. I could see them finishing in the 20s uh, in these rankings. They, they have the top-end talent to be a postseason team and to maybe get Trout his first career postseason win, but there's a lot, you know, I think of uncertainty and we'll just kind of have to see where they go. Number 15, it is your St. Louis Cardinals. Their 2021 record 90 and 72. Uh, they definitely made that very exciting postseason push uh, last year in 2022. That over under win total is at 84 and a half. Yeah. I've done enough ranting about the Cardinals on other platforms. I'm a multi-platform ranter when it comes to this organization. Um, I find them painfully mediocre right now with the possibility of falling under mediocre if the rotation completely implodes, which it very well could. I don't think you can count on much from Jack Flaherty as he rehabs a slap tear in his shoulder. Um, Adam Wainwright is their ace at age 40. He turns 41 later this year. Uh, it's maybe their worst opening to rotation since I became a fan and I think in 1995, 96. Um, and, you know, yet we're all supposed to be excited about the Albert Pools move. I guess that's their business plan for 2022, just nostalgia and selling tickets. If the Cardinals had signed Pools to round out an offseason of upgrades to, you know, just to be a bench bat, a part-time DH, whatever, that's fine. Uh, but their biggest addition was Steven Matz. So, yeah, let's move on.
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle. Because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider. And also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. All right, then. Uh, Number 14, the San Francisco Giants. In 2021, uh, their record was 107 and 55. In 2022, that over under win total was 84 and a half. Now, they seemed like this unstoppable juggernaut that was at the top of your power rankings just consistently all last year, but that just kind of fell apart in the postseason. So, what do they have to look forward in 2022? Yeah, I put them, I remember, I put them at the top, like finally a month or two in and then I just couldn't drop them because they ran off to a franchise record, 107 regular season wins last year. And then, yeah, that juxtaposed with the 84.5 over under win total for 2022 is pretty drastic. And the roster isn't that different. Like, all right, no Buster Posey, no Kevin Gosman deadline edition. Chris Bryant is gone. But yeah, we said this on on the show every week last year that we were kind of waiting for the Giants to fall back to reality and they just kept up with their juggernaut status. And yeah, it didn't really happen until the NLDS. And they took the Dodgers to five games there. So that deserves some credit. Uh, But yeah, last year's talent level, I don't think was really a 107 win talent level. And I think the betting markets actually have this right, that there'll be more, you know, a just over 500 type of team in 2022 given the players that have moved on, the players they're going to be relying on again to exceed expectations. The pitching's good, you know, potentially very good. Logan Webb, Carlos Rodon, Anthony Desclafani, Alex Wood, Alex Cobb, a solid bullpen too. Camille Duvall is a rising name in fantasy. Maybe they can surprise, you know, a solid rotation goes a long way towards that and, and they have the ability to make deadline moves, but yeah, probably need more offense at some point. At number 13, the Seattle Mariners, their 2021 record, 90 and 72. That 2022 over under win total is at 84 and a half. I'm sort of feeling the Mariners this year. I, I love the betting prop out there for them to simply make the playoffs. That's at plus odds. You know, 12 teams make it in now, three wild cards in each league. So an e- easier path as, as Seattle tries to end its 20 year postseason drought, which is the longest drought in North American sports. Ichiro Suzuki was a rookie the last time the Mariners got in the playoffs. Um, but they were very close last year. They've added Robbie Ray, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez, Adam Frazier. Top prospect Julio Rodriguez was just officially named to the opening day roster on Monday afternoon. Yeah. Jared, 
yeah, Jared Kelnick can take a step forward. Logan Gilbert, too. I really like Gilbert for a full-on breakout. Matt Brash is interesting as, as possibly the final man in the rotation. He has big-time stuff. Um, the bullpen has a lot of high-leverage upside. I, there's a lot of good things happening all around with the Mariners. And, yeah, the Julio Rodriguez news was was cool, and I think it gives him a big boost. He, I'm always wary of, like, anointing prospects because we've seen some of them fail um, and not kind of figure it out for a couple of years. But to me, Rodriguez looks like he's got all the tools to be at least a high-impact player right away, if not a legitimate superstar. Absolutely. He's an exciting guy. At yeah. number 12, the San Diego Padres, that 2021 record is 79.83. Uh, that 2022 over-under win total, 87.5. I probably would have had the Padres top 10 before the Fernando Tatis Jr. injury that was revealed last month. He fractured his left wrist in off-season motorcycle accident. Could be out until sometime in June. Uh, that's obviously a tough blow. Tatis had an unstable shoulder for much of last year, but still put up a 975 OPS with 42 home runs and 25 stolen bases in 130 games. One of the very best players in baseball uh, needs to stop riding motorcycles, but there's there's still a ton of talent on the opening day roster, even without Tatis. Shamanaya was a nice pickup from the A's, moves into ro a rotation with you Darvish. He's an obvious bounce back candidate to me. Uh, had some hip and back problems last year that that held him down. Joe Musgrove is getting better and better. Probably their most reliable starter, um, him and Manaya, And then Blake Snell, Nick Martinez, an intriguing signing out of Japan. The offense is solid as is, but yeah, that group will be highly anticipating Tatis's return, which hopefully is around late May, early June. I think that's the best case. At number 11, this is a team that is a lot of offense and perhaps <laughs> not much defense. It's the Philadelphia Phillies. Their 2021 record was 82 and 80. In 2022, that over-under win total uh, is looking to be at 86 and a half. Yeah, you pretty much summed it up. Uh, Nick Castellanos brought in for five years, $100 million. Kyle Schwarber for four years, $79 million. Those two will not help the defensive issues that, that plagued the Phillies last year, but this lineup should fill up box scores. I mean, Schwarber, Realmuto, Harper, Castellanos, Hoskins, Gene Segura, Didi Gregorius, too. It's like a beer league softball team out there. <laughs> uh, Bryson Stott has been raking this spring. He could crack the opening day roster and actually help defensively, too. I think they're going to make a decision on him probably within the next 24 hours of whenever you're listening to this. Um, again, we're recording on Monday night. A nice third base prospect, Bryson Stott, who, who can cover shortstop at times too. So some athleticism that they probably need to help the defense. And, and he can hit too. Um, Aaron Nola is a top 15 fantasy starter in my mind, ignoring the ERA from last year. I think he's possibly even top 10 with better luck. Zach Wheeler is just a bit behind after his shoulder scare. I, I believe they're lining him up to start on April 12th. Um, so that looks like it was just a minor issue, thankfully. Ranger Suarez was amazing last season, a 1.36 ERA, and now has a lock on a rotation spot. I don't know here. Like, it's a weird team in modern baseball, like bona fide sluggers throughout the lineup, big arms at the top of the pitching depth chart. Just kind of hope the bottom doesn't fall out, which it sort of has recently. Um, but maybe some better luck all around, and the Phillies are a playoff team. All right, now we're cracking into the top 10. 
Uh, at number 10, the Boston Red Sox, that 2021 record was 92 and 70 in 2022. That over under win total is looking to be at 84 and a half. It was just announced on Monday evening that Chris Sale was placed on the 60 day injured list with that stress fracture in his rib cage. Uh, he suffered it in an offseason workout. I'm worried about the pitching staff. Like the Red Sox overcame it last year, but it would have been nice to see a, a substantial addition to that part of the roster this offseason. The lineup is definitely impressive, though. Devers, Bogarts, JD Martinez, Alex Verdugo. I love the Trevor Story fit. Um, they can rake, no question. One of the best offenses around, but there are a lot of questions in the rotation and the bullpen to me. So we'll see. Maybe they can overcome them again. Sale not coming back un until June obviously doesn't help the cause, though. I didn't realize that was going to be a, a multi-month injury when they first announced it. So, um, yeah, rotation depth already already a problem, I think, in Boston, and, and the bullpen isn't great either. At number nine, the New York Yankees. Their 2021 record, 92-70. and 70. In 2022, that over-under win total is at 91.5. I feel like some Yankees fans would not rank their own team in the top 10 because the offseason was such a disappointment and Yankees fans are very reactionary and, you know, God love them for it. They didn't dance in the free agent shortstop market. They didn't get Matt Olson or Matt Chapman, who they were linked to at, at various points. Obviously, no Freddie Freeman either. No new starting pitchers. Uh, but the roster at present is a top 10 roster. Judge, Stanton, Gallo, Rizzo, Glaber Torres as a rebound candidate. Maybe DJ LeMahieu can be too. Josh Donaldson's 36 years old and injury prone, but he still hits the snot out of the ball when healthy, and he's healthy right now. Uh, they can slug, and, and they still have Garrett Cole. Luis Severino is back on the radar. Jordan Montgomery showing improvement. A very good bullpen and the ability to make in-season moves, which they almost definitely will. At number eight, the Tampa Bay Rays. That 2021 record was at 162 and 2022. That over under win total is at 89.5. Yeah, I put this together before the Austin Meadows trade, and I haven't had time to really analyze it. Um, I just can't put the Rays any lower than this until they give me reason to, and maybe the Austin Meadows trade is a reason to. I have questions about the roster, like, is there enough workload capability in what they have as a rotation right now? Is the bottom half of the lineup going to be productive? And are there the kind of proven arms you want in the bullpen? Uh, but the Rays, you know, they do things differently than other teams and, and they do them well. Like I, I would never really want to get into a trade with the Rays because they often seem to win them. Uh, Brandon Lau, Wander Franco, Randy Rosarena is a heck of a one through three in the offense, Shane McClanahan has ace-level stuff at age 24, but it would have been nice to see the Rays make one big splash in free agency or on the trade market. There was that Freddie Freeman rumor floating around for a bit uh, post-lockout, and that would have been nuts. I know they have real payroll constraints, uh, but this team has been so close to a championship. It, it might have been worth a risky spend to, to build out the depth chart a little better on the offensive side and the pitching side. Um, so the Rays are eighth right now. They're going to be eighth when I when I publish my column on, on Tuesday morning, Tuesday afternoon. But um, I'm kind of worried about them. But then again, I feel like I say that every every year around this time. Yeah, and then they end up yeah just winning a hundred games and yeah, exactly and they <laughs> out of the game. <laughs> yeah. and, and number seven, maybe this is a team in a similar situation. Uh, the Houston Astros uh, in 2021, uh, they had a 95 and 67 record in 2022. The over under win total is looking to be at 92 and a half. 
Carlos Correa is gone, but I like what I've seen from Jeremy Pena this spring, their shortstop prospect. That's a higher odds AL Rookie of the Year play for you. Um, I, I forget what it was, around plus 1,000. Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Tucker, Gurriel. The lineup can still get after it with the best of them. Uh, Justin Ver Verlander looks back to his old self, a 1.23 ERA with 15 strikeouts and 13 and two-third innings this spring in the Grapefruit League. Fastball sitting around 94, 96, touching 97. That's the same range when he won the NL or the AL Cy Young Award uh, the last time he pitched in a full season. Framber Valdez, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia are, are all promising young starters. Lance McCullers can hopefully begin making progress soon with his flexor tendon strain. I, I guess the latest update, though, that was McCullers still hasn't started throwing. That's a concern. This thing has lingered since last year. Um, but I think Houston looks like a strong favorite to win the AL West. Um, and I see them getting better in the second half, possibly making another run toward or even all the way back to the World Series. That, they have that kind of offense and, and a steady enough pitching staff with, with the ability to make some additions. Right. So at number six, uh, a team that had a fairly inactive offseason besides the acquisition of Andrew McCutcheon, uh, the Milwaukee Brewers. In 2021, they had a record of 95 and 67. In 22, 2022, the over under win total is looking to be at 91 and a half. This is kind of your NL team, right? You go to a uh, lot yeah, of games yeah. up there. Yeah, the Brewers are pretty much my, un my NL team. Uh, no offense, Drew. Uh, I, I do love some of the Cardinals, but uh, yeah, I, I, I do dig the Brewers. No offense taken. Um, yeah, I Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, Freddie Peralta. It's a ridiculous one through three in the rotation. Those guys combined for a 2.59 ERA and 640 strikeouts in 490 innings last season. Then you throw in Josh Hader, Devin Williams, and Brad Boxberger from the bullpen. And this might be the best overall pitching staff in the majors, at, at least the top three in the rotation and the, the top three in the bullpen would, would sit right up there. And the offense is probably just good enough. Like Willie Adamas was a nice pickup from the Rays. Uh, we'll see what Christian Yelich has in store after two disappointing years. Big fan of the Hunter Renfro pickup. He should have bombs at American Family Field. Rowdy Telez maybe unleashed a bit more with the ability to, to stick him at DH sometimes. I think Andrew McCutcheon's going to fill the DH spot for the most part. Colton Wong is a nice leadoff man, terrific defensive second baseman. Luis Urias will be back from injury in mid to late April or so. He kind of broke out last season. It's not a star-studded offense, but with the pitching, they just they don't need to score as much as other teams. I, they're an easy pick, I think, to claim the NL Central, given what the rest of that division has done. At number five, another interesting squad that has uh, done some interesting things off the offseason, uh, the New York Mets. In 2021, that record uh, stood at 77.85. In 2022, that over-under win total was at 89.5. The Yeah, the Jacob deGrom situation is absolutely crushing. A, a shoulder issue now after an elbow issue last year. You worry about him not, not just short-term but long-term at this point. Uh, but in comes Max Scherzer for a massive three-year, what, 130-something million-dollar deal, setting the AAV record average annual value. Chris Bassett was one of the most underrated pitchers in baseball his last two years with the A's. I love that addition. Uh, took a prop on him to be MLB wins leader. It was like at plus 4,800 or something. Um, Carlos Carrasco is feeling healthy again. 
uh, Taiwan Walker, Tyler McGill. It's a solid rotation, even without DeGrom. It would be an excellent rotation with DeGrom. Um, and then the Starling Marte signing, Mark Canna was a really nice pickup. Eduardo Escobar is not a perfect player, but he hits the ball far. Uh, the lineup is deep and, and dangerous. Alonzo, Lindor, we'll see what Robinson Cano has left in the tank. Jeff McNeil bounce back. Nimmo leading things off. He's got a career 393 OBP. Love him as a leadoff man. I know he's had some minor injuries throughout camp, but I, I think should be ready for opening day. You know, Mets fans are in crisis mode with the DeGrom injury, but they're always in crisis mode. And I think there's plenty to be excited about still in Queens. Yeah, they're, they're a top five team right now for me. Being friends with a lot of Mets fans, I can definitely verify the crisis mode. <laughs> Speaking of crisis mode, at number four, you've got the Chicago White Sox. Uh, in 2021, that record was 93 and 69. In 2022, that over under win total is 92 and a half. Now, I've got plenty of takes. Yeah. Um, this team, seeing as how they are my favorite MLB team, uh, but I would like to hear yours. Well, you know I'm a big Lance Lynn guy, so I was pretty yeah. devastated by his injury. That, um, that broke, well, he also had some pretty bad knee issues uh, late last season, too. So this definitely is not surprising, uh, but I think it's best that it's taken care of early in the season as, a, as opposed to later on. Yeah, he, he kind of said like it was going to give out at some point, which is right. A kind of a weird quote, but yeah, a tendon tear near his right knee. It'll require surgery and put him out for at least a couple of months. Garrett Crochet needing Tommy John surgery is tough news too, but you know, the White Sox are not the only team battling injury concerns as, as we've laid out over the course of this show. I think Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease can anchor the rotation uh, in the first half. Michael Kopech is one of my favorite breakout candidates as he moves into like a full-on starting gig. It might take him a while for him to build to that, but um, he's going to be in the rotation to open the year, it sounds like. And, yep. and th this lineup is so fun. Like Tim Anderson, Luis Robert, Jose Abreu, Juan Mancata, Loy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, AJ Pollock's a great fit. I loved that. I loved that pickup. I, yeah. I think especially if he's batting later on in the order, uh, that is definitely going to alleviate a lot of those doldrums that we as White Sox fans are very, uh, very experienced in, uh, in seeing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a one-for-one one trade where you get like a high-impact everyday outfielder and only have to trade a, a reliever, and Craig, Craig, Craig Kimbrell has been so up and down. Um, so I, I think it benefits both clubs if Kimbrell can be the guy he's been in spurts recently. Um, but I, I think the White Sox got the better end of that. Josh Harrison, too, he's a sneaky good ad that can hit towards the bottom of the lineup, and, and you're right, alleviate some of the doldrums as, as they're trying to turn the lineup over. Liam Hendricks is a monster at the back end of the bullpen. Um, I know you you lean pessimistic with your club, but you got to feel like this is a, a pretty good team, right? I do. I do. I, I, admittedly, uh, before the trade deadline, uh, I was meh. Uh, now that especially we've acquired a legit outfielder in AJ Pollock, I am definitely feeling way better uh, towards opening day. So let's awesome. rock. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. At number three, uh, the aforementioned uh, newly Craig Kimbrell bestowed L.A. Dodgers. That 2021 record is 106 and 56. The 2022 over under win total 99.5. I try not to look at the power rankings on other sites so that I'm doing my own judgment on these teams. But my guess is the Dodgers are number one in a lot of places and they could certainly move up there for me. It's a crazy good lineup with the arrival of Freddie Freeman. So, you know, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Freeman, 
Max Muncy back to full health. The delay to the season kind of helped him. Justin Turner, always underrated, always productive. Will Smith, I think Will Smith could go all the way off this season. Getting a little action now at DH. That, that ups his games played. Uh, Chris Taylor is solid and can play anywhere. I think it was nice, nice of them to bring him back on a four-year deal. Gavin Lux still has post-type appeal. Uh, I have no clue what to expect from Cody Pellinger, but he's only 26 years old and he's a former MVP, so maybe he gets it going again. And, and then Walker Bueller, Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw ultimately re-signed. Tony Gonsolin and Andrew Haney, kind of iffy on those two at the back of the rotation, but the Dodgers could always go grab a starter if they need to or really fill any hole they need to, and they don't have many holes as it is right now. At number two, uh, so this team just appears to be a juggernaut, both in the starting rotation as well as the lineup, the Toronto Blue Jays. In 2021, that record was at 91.71. In 2022, the over-under win total was 92.5. Yeah, I mean, of all the teams we've run through so far, to me, the Blue Jays have the fewest question marks leading into opening day. The lineup is insane. George Springer, a healthier George Springer, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, Bo Bichette, Tiasca Hernandez, Alejandro Kirk. Look out for for Kirk to blast off out of the DH spot this year. Hopefully he doesn't have to worry about catching much anymore. Was never really a great catcher. Chat, Matt Chapman moving further away from that hip, hip injury that sunk his batting line in his final year in Oakland. Uh, Lourdes Gurriel, Danny Jansen showed promise down the stretch last year. I haven't fully given up on Kevin Biggio either. Um, and then over to the rotation, Kevin Gossman, what a great signing. Jose Barrios, great trade pickup last year. Hunjin Ryu was kind of up and down dealing with injuries in 2021, but we know what he can do when he's healthy. A young stud and Alec Manoa, who I have on like every fantasy team going into the year. You say Kikuchi was a fascinating pickup. He's shown spurts of high-level talent, hasn't really been able to put it all together, but um, maybe he could with a change of scenery. Nate Pearson, he's sort of lying in wait to get his first extended opportunity. If, if they lose a starter, he'll jump in. So just, you know, stacked, stacked, stacked everywhere. I guess the bullpen could use a little work, but, um, you know, it, it's not terrible. I grabbed the Jays at plus 200 to win the AL East a, a few weeks ago and, and feel very, very good about it right now. Right. Last but not least, the Atlanta Braves, the reigning champs. In 2021, that record was at 88 and 73. Uh, in 2022, the over-under win total, 91.5. Yeah, I, I think it's only right that being the reigning World Series champs that they get top billing in, in my rankings before opening day. I've done that every year that, I, that I've done these rankings and maybe people will yell at me tomorrow when I post the column, but that's okay. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, they lost Freddie Freeman, the Braves, but you know did well to replace him via the trade market with the younger Matt Olson, who was then locked up to a, a team-friendly contract extension that can p- potentially run all the way through 2030. He's going to hit bombs there at Truist Park with that short right field porch. I, I like him to lead the majors in, in home runs, possibly. That's a, that's a nice betting prop out there. Kenley Jansen was a big addition to the back end of the bullpen. I, I said on like our reliever rankings podcast – um, last month that I was I was worried about Will Smith as their closer. I, I like the other pieces in that bullpen, but I think Kenley Jansen helps him kind of settle everything. And it's looking like Ronald Acuna Jr. will be uh, recovered from his ACL tear, ready to rep- reprise his like elite category-spanning fantasy production before the end of April. 
Uh, he's going to return as the primary DH initially, but then move to the outfield in, in early to mid-May. Are the Braves really the best team in baseball right now? I don't know. Probably the Blue Jays and Dodgers are a bit more talented, but the Braves are close. And yeah, we'll give them their due for the time being. Check back in next week when we have a handful of games to to analyze. Wonderful. And it looks like that's pretty much it. So uh, off we go towards the first week of real Major League Baseball. I'm excited. You know, this spring was just cramming so much activity into what four weeks not even four weeks three weeks was three and a half three and a half weeks three and a half weeks was was hard on me as someone who does a lot of blurbs on our site and has to update our draft guide but uh getting into the groove of the season is is always fun and actually having data to to analyze and and moving these rankings around is always fun Um, So look forward to next week and every week throughout the regular season. That'll do it for this week's Power Rankings show. Thank you for tuning in. Check out the Power Rankings column again. It goes up every Tuesday, late morning, early afternoon on NBC Sports Edge. Rankings, observations on all 30 teams. Rate and review the Circling the Bases podcast. We'll, We'll take five stars, but any feedback is welcome. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Drew Silve. Janice is at Scuriosa with two eyes. And peace out. Peace. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.